moving to oneness. Nourishing curiosity. Embracing differences. Becoming one. Are you waiting for your purpose to unfold? Be patient. Hello everyone. I'm Mylene Elke, your host of the Moving to Oneness podcast. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. There is a glittering in the air because newness comes. Today, as I'm recording this, it's a full moon in November. And it fits to the topic probably <laughs> what is going to unfold with my beautiful guest sitting in Moscow and soak in our energy today because the full moon, the 8th of November, it brings a good start, a new start for you and uh, it gives you a momentum to start on your purpose. So today I hope you will get a lot of inspiration to do just that. So for first though, I want to welcome you, Paraguay. You're sitting in uh, Moscow, I'm sitting in Germany, and everyone is listening around uh, the world. I uh, love that, how we can nowadays come together to share our experiences, our wisdom, and are able to embrace each other, ourselves, and many on this uh, beautiful earth. So I'm looking forward to a magical time with you. Hello and welcome. Hello, Maylene. Very, very happy to meet you, to be with you, and very happy to meet your audience, wherever you are on the planet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're becoming immovable again, uh, Paraguay. I think this is so important. And in your work, it comes through. I saw uh, many videos, listened to your music, um, soaked up your words. Uh, the energy you send out, it is yummy. <laughs> it is exuberating. You have something about yourself that touches me and I think many, many others, right? You probably have noticed that in your concerts or the workshops you do. In your videos, you are always somewhere else in nature and mm. you're comfortable in a different, on different continents. You're born in, in Australia, you lived in the US, you're now in, in, in Europe, Russia. And it is so easy for you to transition and go from one place to the other, but still feel comfortable in the environment that you are. And mm. that is a big wish I have for everyone on this planet so that we become more movable, more comfortable in moving around again, opening up to each other and uh, being who we are wherever we are. So how, how did you get to that point? Were you born this way? Did you learn about feeling comfortable everywhere? Or was it just think, a path of life? 
I remember when I was six years old and I was living in a small village, uh, fishing village in the southeast of South Australia. So we're looking onto the southern oceans that lead to <laughs> very cold seas. And <laughs> my father had been a fisherman in this uh, fishing village and he had drowned uh, maybe three mm. years before mysteriously they never found him and I remember saying to my mother I don't belong in this place I said I never ever want to live in a place like this in a small village where everybody is so small-minded imagine it's six years old I said this to my mother yeah. and, and then later I said and I don't belong in this country because this mind is too small here for what I feel inside. So even as a young woman, you know, sometimes you feel as though you've been born in the wrong place in the world or in the wrong family, you know. And, um, and of course, I had to go through the acceptance of that. But the acceptance actually came from leaving my country and uh, my life and I think when that first transition happened I was 23 years old I was an up-and-coming like quite successful uh, jazz singer in Sydney Australia and <clears throat> and I really had thought that I'd found myself you know in in that success until one day I totally collapsed and realized that I was totally lost and not following my original feeling for life, that there was something magical to be found. And at that time, I was deeply exploring. The voice had been through conservatoriums, through the jazz world, and I was just opening up my compositional eyes, you know, to mm -hmm. start composing music. And, um, and my world was very bright and at the same time quite... Uh, an emotional roller coaster. I was up, I was down. I was like positive when people gave me positive reflection as an artist. I was crashing into like total <laughs> dopamine depletion when I was post a concert and I didn't get what I loved to hear about myself, like some real honesty. <laughs> and uh, it was at a point in my life where I said, okay, watch the truth because this is not it or I would not be on such an emotional roller coaster, you know? And I felt so incredibly lonely in a big city, even though I was aspiring towards, you know, my dream. We spoke about at the beginning, you mentioned about full moon and finding that dream, that calling. I was following it, but I was crashing because <laughs> I think my ego was, um, was, was too big at that time. And I was very masculine and I was using a lot of sexual energy to you know, get that kind of affirmation that I was beautiful, I, I was talented. And, um, and suddenly I went through this wake up call on the edge of the ocean. And I realized that I, I was being called to sing for something so much deeper, so much deeper than jazz, so much deeper than a culture, but truly for healing, you know? And uh, I went into this very deep experience in one of those dark moments where I realized that this living earth spirit, it just, she just took me down into her and I was filled with so much vibration of love it was so overwhelming and this feeling that I was 
you know, harboring, which is I'm so alone and nobody truly understands me and I'm so lost in the world, you know. It was like that energy just rose up through my body and I came into this magnificent happiness and union and love. And it was as though I could communicate with this living spirit, not like it was an entity or anything, but just this huge vast loving principle and it felt very feminine and I, I said to if there's any way that I can sing to help wake up this connection because if I experience this and this vibration moving through the entire planet through life through everything I could hear around me the ocean the wind cars then this is surely our nature you know to have this union in the body you know, with the earth. And I said, please, please wake me enough to be able to sing for you. But I had no idea at that point in my life how I would come from that place of connection and being that jazz singer. Um, it was that first, like, you know, it's like in the Avatar movie where they kind of put the tail into the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> into the, and like, the dragon, the flying bird, yeah. <laughs> you know but there's no actual understanding of how that happens right and I don't know if I can recreate that with my voice because I was at this moment singing all of these primordial sounds I was hearing around me like the wind and like ooh, and the waves crashing and I was emanating these sounds and this love in my body I said if if there's any way I can sing for you to wake this up in, in other people so that they could understand they're not alone, that they are, you know, this living, unique and yet united expression of, of the mother, then I said, please, you know, choose me. So within, I think, two weeks, a Native American medicine man came to Australia and we met. And that's a whole nother story, but we met <laughs> the festival. And I heard this man sing, you know, and he was singing this ancient voice. But his voice was like an octave or two low, like so low. And I heard this and my whole body just like was crawling with goosebumps. And I knew that this man had the answer to that request that I had made to the mother. If, if I can sing for you how, I don't know, but please show me how. Mm. When I met this man, and then he asked me to sing with him the next day in the festival, and this energy started to rise through me that I touched in the earth, and it started to sing through me. It was just like this explosion of energy that was so far beyond my jazz mind at the time that was used to singing you know, jazz standards and scales and improvising and stuff. This was so far beyond. And when I finished with him on that stage, he just grabbed me and he said, we have many people to meet, many roads to travel together. And what was an incredibly difficult thing for me at that time was that I was just crossing from that feeling of being so lost to feeling profound. And suddenly somebody picks me up and says, if you want to come with me, you'll have to let go of everything you know. You'll need to leave your country and come to the desert in America with me. 
Oh, and by the way, you'll be one of seven wives, one of my <laughs> To a young woman? Wow. 23. <laughs> I was 23. Oh, and by the way, you'll have my child. And of course, my reaction was no way. And I fought no. it for, <laughs> for about a month. It was like, this is <laughs> you know, imagine, I mean, any woman listening to this is just going, I don't know if I'd do that. You know? <laughs> Um, but the magic that I was experiencing inside and when I got again together with this man was too great for me to walk away. Yeah, So I, one feels I, it. One feels it gets drawn, can't do anything else. <laughs> that's exactly how it was. It was like I was, this, I was that kind of fly in the web and it was a love. It was like also an ancient love between this man and I. And at the same time, it was this ancient, calling and this very present calling you know of how can I serve you know how can I learn about this connection to the vibration of the voice and the earth so I had to go and it was terrifying because everybody in my life said you are insane my music in my band said don't go Paraguay you'll throw away your career my mother forbid me to go and said she wouldn't speak to me again my friend said he is so dangerous. Look at how many women are around. Like everywhere I turned, they said, don't go. But I went and it was wow. really difficult. I mean, I suddenly felt that feeling of no ground under me, no stability. Not a single person did I know but this man. Nobody respected me as a musician or as an anybody anymore. So my ego was shattered into a thousand pieces. Two of the women were heavily pregnant. So you know how mothers can be. They're like really straight. They don't take it you know, any kind of egoic behavior because they're heavily pregnant and they're dealing with becoming mothers, you know. And it was just like my whole ground was torn from under me. And it was a powerful way to um, really just break away all the lies that were obviously creating that emotional roller coaster inside of me. Mm. You know, it wasn't that they came from nowhere. They came from somewhere that I was not being authentic to the original calling that I'd had when I was 17. I realized that if I could sing, it was such a dream, it seemed ridiculous almost at the time because I hadn't trained or anything by then. But somebody recognized my, my gift and they said to me, if you could sing, write down, you know, who would you sing for and why would you sing? Oh, that's a beautiful point. Yeah. So if your teenager, for example, is like looking into their life, you know, take all the boundaries off them. If they have an inkling of a gift, look at, ask them to look at that gift and say, what would they do if they didn't have any boundaries of them? That's what I did. And I wrote that vision down. I said, if I could sing, I would sing for millions of people. And I wouldn't just sing to entertain them. I would sing to help to heal them. And, uh, so by the time I was 23, I'd gone so far down the success, you know, ego road, I'd lost that original vision. So, you know, being torn out of my country, my life, it just um, started to strip away uh, all that was truly, I think, standing in the way of following that vision because it's not easy in the contemporary world when you have an inspiration 
inspiration to truly follow it, uh, yeah. especially I find, I'm sure you're the same, you've got people around you say, you can't do that. That's not real, you know, or you won't make money from that. You know, I have experienced that as, as well. And I think there are many. So let's say we're more in the Western culture. We don't have a tribal setting. Uh, so we are not looked at at birth what our gifts are, what our talents are. So we are go out to find uh, themselves. And I think you touched uh, so much. You're speaking my heart. You're telling my story and, and you're telling many people's story. Right, we know there is something primal and we sense it, but how can we express it? There are no, not enough examples. So that's why I'm so happy you're here and speaking to everyone because mm -hmm. you're a beautiful example of what can be done. Yes, and that journey, it's getting better, I think, for the younger generation. But still in our generation, there are still people that are uh, searching for it and they know it. They know deep inside uh, there's something else. And so whatever culture you are in, go and look, where can you find wisdom keywords? Where can you find a nature to connect to, to give you these primal energies that Pericles uh, spoke so deeply about, this connection. And I think the world is really searching, yearning, that's the word, <laughs> yearning for this true, uh, it feels like an embrace but at at the same time it it's like a whoosh and uplift and to give you support to move forward so we all know it exists and i think that's why so many people numb themselves with alcohol or other things uh, because they are uh, stagnant they don't know which way to go and you're beautiful until that part we have so much more to talk about but until that, you were very open. You had a clear line that there's more for you. And uh, you listened to yourself. You waited, right? Sometimes uh, mm -hmm. we have to start and do things and a break out of a setting and not to listen. And mm -hmm. I believe in the moments when we do follow then the path we're to go, that is the moment where we don't listen. So for everyone who's watching and listening, these moments where you won't go anyway, even though everyone says don't do it, then it's normally the right way because they cannot understand your experience uh, or, or what you're uh, looking for. They're living a different uh, life. And yes, I did, when you said that everything uh, broke apart and you had to start a brand new and it has to do often with sexuality or a mm -hmm. relationship to oneself or a partner mm -hmm. um, to break out of that, everything falls apart. Uh, I, I didn't have it as uh, extreme, right? I was, when I was young, um, I sang and I got thrown out of music class because I couldn't hold a note. But mm -hmm. I remember then when I was pregnant, I was in Florida. I was, at that time, I was reading the books of Anastasia. She's a Russian healer, I know right? The, in Siberia. The Anastasia, the series it's wonderful if your audience has read it it's a wonderful series oh it it really influenced me 
So I, I was reading and there was in the story, she spoke for a moment about a woman who started to sing. And I remember, and just as you were speaking, it came back to my mind. So thank you very much that I had that urge, that thought. I was somewhere in a parking lot in a, a national in a national park. But I was mm -hmm. thinking, oh, my God, I would love to sing this way. And only a mm. you know, few minutes later, I thought, oh, no, Marlene, you have no voice. <laughs> mm -hmm. You got thrown out of uh, a music. You don't can't hold a, a tone. You, mm. you can't hear the pitch or whatever. Mm. So I put it aside. And much later in my life, I was... Um, uh, I was meeting many shamans and one of one, she was the grand shaman of the Southern Hemisphere and she way from uh, New Zealand. And I remember she said, oh, you know, it will open up like a little uh, spring. And then once it becomes a waterfall and your voice is going to touch many. And I had no idea what she meant. But later I did one day, I just started singing and, um, I couldn't stop. And then I played here and there. And I have exactly those words that you use this uh, bringing it out to touch and help and support people to live their life there to live why they're here to live their purpose and to provide a momentum. And your music does that as well. You give people a, a momentum uh as they move into their body and start feeling themselves right you yeah. also then later uh, later talk a lot about uh the woman how she has to be and the femininity and how we have to uh, we don't have to but yeah we should i think so we it's time for all of us <laughs> women to really look at ourselves and say what are we not living and 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 you mentioned it that you you took it apart it's this unf uh, appealing away mm. that it's not me what am yeah. i doing for others um yeah. what hurts so talk to that that unpeeling a little bit more so Absolutely. a person knows what to look for and what are maybe the first peels they can take off it's interesting, you know, um, it, it actually happened to me even before I had this experience with the earth by the ocean. Mm. It happened to me when I was 18. And uh, you spoke for a moment about often through a experience of sexuality or partnership, we sometimes go through that wake up call, right? And, um, and especially, I would say, especially for us women in terms of in the body, because as a, as a young woman who has not yet lost her virginity, this is a moment in our life where we fantasize, where we visualize, where we long to have this experience that is supposed to be something sacred, something opening, you know, something that is an initiation, right, into yeah. the body. And uh, I mean, in the ideal world, it's an initiation of love. But so often it is not that, not because necessarily man is, is uh, not capable. He's just often not uh, initiated himself in the opening of his heart in order to be able to open a woman through that connection from the heart through the mm. penis, you know. So yes. it's, it's 
in the whole picture where the initiation uh, in in the world, and I can't just say it's in the West because I've seen it all over the native world, the same problem, is this initiation is not there because the heart is not opened and, uh, and has not been taught how the sexual energy and the heart energy connects, right? And for me as that young woman, I was waiting for this moment, you know, for this loss of virginity, waiting for that man to come. Well, it happened in a very violent way for me. Um, I went to my favorite aunties in the west of the country and uh, she took me out into the forest with some horses and a new man she had in her life. And so we were gonna spend a week in the forest together, but the first night was New Year's Eve. So we drank a lot of champagne and she went to bed, my auntie. And that night he questioned me deeply about my sexuality. And then he took me into the forest and raped me. Mm. And that's how I lost my virginity. Now, what happens here is something that happens to so many women, sometimes when they're very young, still girls, sometimes when they're teenagers, even sometimes in womanhood. And that is when a man penetrates her, he silences her voice down. It's like she becomes numb, icy yes. cold and filled with guilt and filled with shame and filled with vile, this feeling of vileness, you know? And this is what I experienced. Like I remember he covered my mouth because we were in a campsite so that other people wouldn't hear. And it totally for a moment silenced and froze me. And somehow I knew that uh, I had to heal this, you know? And luckily, I had the reflection of an older woman who was a friend of mine. And I'd written to her about the experience because I didn't tell the auntie at the time because I was too ashamed, right? This is her that's new life. And that's how it is. That's how it keeps perpetuating on the planet, this silence. And uh, so I luckily, I wrote to a friend and I told her casually what happened. And she said, oh my god do you understand how this important this is that you let this rage out this grief this suffering out of you you know she had a couple of suggestions on how to do it like write him a letter even if you don't send it and burn it and tell how you felt and being victimized like that etc and that was okay it helped a little bit but this was the key at that time, I moved away from my auntie. I rented a small cottage in the mountains. Suddenly, my direction became totally in alignment with my music. So I was determined that year. I got myself a singing teacher. I practiced every day for two or three hours. I wanted to get into that conservatorium. But I moved into the woods, into the forest. And I started to walk because I had so much pain inside of me about this rape. And I walked in the woods every day and then something happened one day. This voice started to come out of me. And it was so painful and so angry and so wild, like, oh, these kind of sounds were coming out of me. And because I was totally alone, you know, I just let it come. And then I would get back home and I would start to feel like, easier and easier and this went on for maybe a month you know and really what I did was I used that connection of just feeling safe you know out in nature and that connection to my voice letting the body sing something far beyond what 
any psychologist maybe would tell you or you know yes. how to do rape or whatever my body basically started to purify itself with my voice so what I did was I literally started to unshackle that silenced voice and open it back up you know uh, again and what I found was that this was the original understanding that I grew as I matured as a woman later in my life. Um, obviously, living with a lot of women around one man was like totally uh, awakening, destroying, dealing with jealousy, having to find my voice in that situation, you know. But what I discovered through being with so many women was so many women carried this shackling, you know. And then I realized that our body's voice is the vibration of healing, the vibration that connects the soul to the body, to the earth, yes. right? And that when you can find those intuitive sounds that release that rage, that release that sadness, that release that grief or that physical pain, the body starts to... Um, rebalance itself and the emotional pain starts to come out and you literally have a change then on the physical level uh, of the body and the voice starts to gather an understanding of ah this is me this, mm. this is my name mm. you know <laughs> and we grow ourselves from that very small guilty ashamed compressed kind of girl or woman you know, back into this very big, uh, more wholesome, mature woman who accepts the body with all its pains and all its challenges. So that's what that became kind of the foundation to my practice of feminine meditation was I realized that at least for our women, uh, for women, but I have witnessed the same working with men as well, that we cannot go into a deep state of meditation when there's a lot of emotional disturbance in the body, right? So true, so true. Yeah, because otherwise you just sit there, try and breathe and think, right? and that's not meditation. And it's not that we want the mind to stop. It's that we, we need the body to feel itself, the sensations of the body and the voice. I mean, even if your listeners now um, put their... Um, hand on the throat and say something you can feel the vibration yeah. of your voice if you put your hand on your heart and just close uh, the breath for a moment stop the breath for a moment and you can even just squeeze the pelvic floor closed a little bit you'll feel the So these are two direct sensations that help us to bring us down into the sensitivity. And when we allow the voice in the first stages of meditation practice to release the, the frustration, you know, because naturally every day we have words that get stuck there or maybe we're not completely honest all the time or we're holding something back. And, of course, we have disappointments that we have in the heart or somebody says something that hurts us. Or we just feel our mother, you know, and we feel her pain in our own heart or our father or we're sensitive beings, you know. And so the heart is this gateway of enormous sensitivity. 
and it needs release, the vibration of release. So the heart has its sound for release. And then when I went deeper over the years, especially through childbirth and deep lovemaking, then I discovered the vibration of the womb and her voice. And, uh, and then obviously with deep sexual connection, I found the voice of the vagina or the yoni. Yes. And this, I found the womb yoni voice was one of the most silenced voices for anybody who um, had a very disempowering birth of their children or maybe an abortion or a rape uh, or a very bad sexual experience or carry a lot of shame from maybe parents. That This voice is often very, very close. And because the yoni or the vaginal mirrors uh, the vocal cords in the body. So we have this shape, you know, mm. in the yoni, in the cervix, and of course in the vocal cords. When this opens and you're able to breathe and sound from those deepest places, often it is the trigger to release a lot of that emotional pain that you could not express in the moment or whatever the situation where you felt disempowered. So this is where I found that the first stages of meditation practice is to release the body. It doesn't take a long time, and especially if you do it daily, to release the body and bring it to a much more harmonious vibration. And then, only then, are we available to experience space mm. in some <laughs> any kind of sense of bigness or vastness or silence uh, only starts to happen when the vibration is more harmonious and every person's voice has the capacity to bring that kind of balance. And, and at least for women having worked with women, because I've been working with women for 30 years now, I found that this pathway was most direct to bringing them into a state of union and waking up that orgasmic, like that, you know, I spoke about the earth. When a woman or a man is really in their body and that sensitivity is flowing um, and they're in the nature, their feet on the ground or in the water or somewhere, there's this enormous body of vibration or there's this vibration that comes up from and it's extremely pleasurable almost orgasmic you know and it is our nature to be in harmony with that loving loving flow of life force mm -hmm. and um but we can't feel it when the mind has ruled us because we've shut down the sensitivity of the body because we've shut down the emotional body so yeah. this is yeah go ahead yeah, we have tightened uh, uh, so much. And I, 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 two things was when you were speaking, I learned from cats. I, I'm very connected with cats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they purr. And yeah. they change the vibration of the purr to heal. So this is yes. really fascinating and uh, opened a lot of eyes uh, uh, for me. Of, of how important it is to bring out the voice. I experienced similar betrayal um, and I was looking to sing it out. I used the wind. I would go outside when it was windy to scream yeah. out or yeah. uh, then the last big one when I was ready because it was also a practice. You can't just go out and go, ah, because then it comes a tone like this. It is yeah. not this 
one that comes all the way from deep out and, and goes within. I was then on Hawaii on the ocean. And then on the last day, I said, my name, you have to do it now or never <laughs> before you go back to I went up early in the morning and then I went to the water and then it could come. And it was like I the whole energy was pulled in through my legs coming out. And then uh, this scream that I had been hoping for now four months <laughs> in mm. a way uh, mm. to let it out and to be in a way a, a witnessed and I was not alone I had nature I had the ocean yeah. I had the this sand but sand are you know all those shells and muscles and I had the air and I had the sun and the warmth so yeah. uh, this is important everyone you're never alone Right. Uh -huh. Also, when Paraquasis speaks, she's so connected to Mother Earth. You, you hear a voice and mentioning Mother Earth so much, taking in what the, the energy feels and also from the energies above. And they come together and they do come out here. And it's ours in our world uh, purpose. Right. We were talking about that at the beginning to bring it out and to voice it. And another beautiful point, Paraquas, you mentioned how important the vagina is. Mm -hmm. And we have been silenced. I think yeah. in the Western, or let's say just the German history for me, I'm going to use that um, mm -hmm. over the last two, 300 years, extremely women, right? And maybe in the 80s, slowly we co we're coming out again. But before that, women, we also healed with our vagina. And, and if you go back further enough and look at it, we could take anyone in between our legs. It's not just the sexual partner you take, but then there comes a strength. We, it goes up, as you mentioned, too, but it also goes down through the body and the love and the being you are. And you are a beautiful magic, everyone. You are an extreme beautiful person and you are as important and powerful as everyone else. And so this love and that funnels then out and we can use the vagina to give power, healing, strength to anyone we desire. And then the next moment, it's it's like this uh, a cycle. We pull it up into ourselves and we're not taught this anymore. So I, I'm, I love that you talk about that and share that more with the world, building up this connection and uh, feeling how energy flows, how different vibrations. And many women in, in, in your workshops, you do yoga, right? And your, and your voice and your femininity and all the others your, uh, workshops you do is, is the women they must also I've noticed they change their voice so if we become who we are it mostly drops we think we have to speak so much higher as a woman but because we're so tight the peeping yeah. sound is up so high <laughs> yeah but when you open up you let your chest grow in all different directions your belly your whole body form Right. Yeah. That's another point, Paraquas. In, in in I'm using Germany again because it's a good example, right? We're taught to march. It's it's a, since it's a military school since sixteen hundreds. We're we're taught to march and walk like men. So we don't even wobble anymore. We don't use our hips. We don't mm. show our breasts. I mean, that's another thing I really hate around the world. We can't bear our breasts. It's considered a sexual object and it's not. So we should all be able to take our tops off. 
and bear uh, and be who we are and even uh, if we have clothes on it but to have it full and presented and we're all walking with the shoulders pulled forward right and no one even noticed we're hiding uh, and the shame of being a woman and and men have the same i've learned in my workshops men have the same they're happy when suddenly they can open up their chest and be the broad man and move into the role i think we women cast mothers often castrate their sons you have a son i have a son. i try not to do that that was one of my things i was smiling i hope i don't do this and be aware yeah so beautiful points and a very important work you do in your workshops and you change with your voice and your and songs i mean i've spoken a lot about women because most of my work I do is with women. But in occasions, when I've been touring throughout Europe, mm-hmm. very occasionally there's like a, a culture where there's a lot more men who are also growing and growing, you know. And so sometimes I've done workshops with men, up to 100 men, and I've had them singing this enormous powers through their body and men when they're really allowed to sing like really shown how to root their breath and uh, their pelvic floor and things and when they're inviting that earth energy mm-hmm. a room full of men singing to the mother is like it's spine chilling and wow. i've <laughs> <laughs> it yes from my body as you're talking about it and i had men wow. just shaking with orgasmic energy as that earth energies come up through their body so of course i understand that it's not just with women um but it's rare with men because not many people know how to guide the men there and of course you know in my experience in the world and this is very very difficult thing um economically Mm -hmm. is that Women are the ones asking the questions, wanting this uh, connection to their body, to their love, etc. And they're the ones showing up for the workshops, for my concerts, you know, and for anybody who I know who is doing any spiritual work. It's nearly the numbers are nearly always 70 to 80 percent women. And um, and yet when it's to do with like a business conference, like it could even be spiritual business, but a business conference, something that enables man to make money, to survive, to be more intelligent, etc. You'll find many men there, mm. you know, it's very interesting. And um, so I, I know for myself, I tend to focus more towards women because there's just a lot more women who are standing for this connection to the body and uh, to restoring this this broken love inside. Not because the men don't want it, but because they've been so hardly conditioned towards intelligence, purpose, and making money, you know, to survive. And as you say, that really cripples a man in terms of emotionally because he's not allowed to be vulnerable in that world, you know. And, uh, of course, then it starts to uh, cripple the sensitivity of his body. And any man who is truly a great lover, you know, any man that is able to really touch a woman with his love is able to do that because he is sensitive in his body, because he is connected to that feminine energy as well as that masculine energy. Mm. 
So it's a pathway men have to follow, but they they are being programmed so hard not to do it, and that's why I see the the ratio is so so different on on the planet right now. Yeah, so it's interesting. So I like the idea oh i don't like i i notice that as we women become more who we are we have to really step in because we give then the men more space to become who they are again going back because so many of ours are we are the mothers we give birth to uh, uh to men many have silenced their own sons by taking away i don't, don't know be, don't know. be that and it's so true, you know, and uh, I think it's it's fundamental. Like people say to me, especially men, they say, oh, why don't you work with, why don't you do workshops with us? And I say, listen, my pathway is to help wake up the women so that they love you better and they show you this sensitivity through their own body so that they mother better. So I consider I do work with men, but I do it through the woman because uh, the greatest way we learn in life is through love and when somebody loves us. Oh, so so true, so right. In your in your songs, you write a lot about a love. Uh, you wrote one um, for for your child, a beautiful song. Again, it, it one more of the trendy songs. I, I yeah. have to share a little bit about your music. It's yeah. sometimes very primal. Again, very. Yeah yeah right those tones and yeah. uh, really getting us to become who we are <laughs> and and then you have this beautiful way because you have you lived in, in you have lived in so many places where you take in um, the ancient sounds i'm going to call it this way to bring in a, a new twist and to help people remember that they're also part of that culture then you bring in the oriental belly dancer you're a beautiful belly dancer and uh uh you bring the oriental music in so then that triggers parts in us uh, that we have been dormant in in a different yeah. way right and then even yeah. you go you started now with more that uh, i'm a techno girl right in the 80s the little bit of combining now now the the newness of saying oh we can be all of this right we can have all of it come together and be this marge patch which i love to talk a lot about right we're not so separated and we don't have to cut ourselves even into cultures or <laughs> races or a, a music style we can have so many facets and we all do and it's time to uh, open the floodgates and invite live all of your parts and your music is uh, showing that and uh, letting uh, one experience it and oneself through your music yeah absolutely that's so true because um you know i started in the jazz i went completely tribal when i was with my native husband that was an 11 year journey and then i went to india and studied uh, indian classical singing with the raga mm -hmm. the basis mm -hmm. And uh, then I was with Middle Eastern musicians. I was with the chill out world in Europe for quite some time in the Tantra world. And, uh, and then of course I merged back into America. I started to do some uh, production in America. So I brought back those kind of soul uh, jazz pop roots, you know, into some of the compositions. And it's ab absolutely, as, as you say, it's like 
some people will just focus on one style in their life. It could be their business, it could be their music, it could be their art, you know, and they say, oh, that's me, that's who I am. But that's because they've only found that part of themselves. And mm. we began to talk about saying how when you are comfortable in your own body, you find this sense of being comfortable wherever you are in the world. And the beauty of being in many places in the world is you get to drink from the cup of that art, of that culture, and also going deeper from that land spirit, which has its very own special history, set of flavors, melodies, colors, you know, um, people, climates, etc. And we get to absorb that into us. And that's potentially what broadens our ability to be just more than one style in whatever our particular love is. You know, we can grow that. And I think that is the beauty of travel, um, of living in different places. When you're really not just going there for tourism, but you're going there to see what can you drink, what can you learn from this place. It's a very different, a different way of traveling than saying, well, I just want to go there and relax, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to have a week off and relax. Or you can say, oh, I want to go to Egypt and I want to go, I want to go diving in the ocean there. I want to see all those fishes and I want to climb those pyramids and I, and I want to meet the people there and I want to go and dance there with the people or, you know, I want to walk in those mountains or whatever it is. But you drink fully, like you give yourself fully to a place with this sense of openness it's amazing what we take home and integrate into ourselves whether it's a week whether it's a month whether it's a year you know it's amazing and that's definitely I would say that's what uh, is the big melting pot of my of my art so yeah like the song you mentioned I wrote for my daughter was uh, be yourself I was reminding her to be herself when she was a teenager you know be yourself don't try to impress baby that isn't anybody else quite like you don't try to imitate the universe it doesn't make mistakes. Authenticity is the only way to live your life really. Be yourself. You know, you can hear that there's kind of oh. this jazz kind of soul pop something all mixing going in there with this conscious message that for me, I wanted to put it in her body. I wanted to put it in her. So, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> they inject <laughs> yeah it's nothing like singing something into somebody you know yeah. when you consistently sing something in your house it becomes like a, a mantra for everybody that's around you you know and uh, that was my intention and and of course you know I think she really really inspired me to to go deeper with that idea that with the because I'm an English speaker right that with the English language, we can bring sacred ma mantra in the English form that speaks to the body, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying mantra is about connecting with some god, goddess, or some uh, 
eternal energy or some particular frequency, you know, we can say, actually, when I sing into my body that I can actually bring so much love, like uh, I have a song, for example, for the breasts, and it says, um, so close to my heart, my breasts, I feel you are, I love, love, love. Love, love, love you. Hey, I, hey, I, hey, I, hi. And then I put that over like a more Middle Eastern kind of dance groove so that a woman can dance, you know, with this feeling of, of her breast. Mm. I had people in <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah, 6,000 people at a concert of women singing this, to holding their breasts, wow. you know. And that is so huge transformation coming uh, together. We barely have that. We all sit alone, most of us. Maybe you're lucky you have sisters. Or I remember already the change of, of my friend. She had a sister and a cousin and the grandma and the mother, and they were so much more feminine. <laughs> and then once I met a, 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 another friend of mine, now she's a Sasa. They, they, they live womanhood and a sisterhood. And so are many of us are alone. We don't get uh, taught anything. When you, we spoke before, you know, when we go through puberty, um, we can't share. Where are any uh, places, communities, when where we can can do this? So this is another part, or even also the, right the men. There are no rituals. There are no ceremonies welcoming this in. Uh, so our body has been shunned for too long. It's changing now. It, there's a stop. We, body is going to become um, very, very important. I want to go back to one spot because we're here also to inspire others. Yes. And um, you and I have something in common that you don't know yet, Paraguay. I have cerebral palsy. I don't walk correctly. And you had problems as a child um, with your legs and you had operations and that helped you grow as my cerebral policy. So we both don't walk considered normal or be normal, but yeah. both of us, we do not hesitate to go on stage and to show ourselves uh, fully in the way we are, um, many people may say, oh, you're broken or you, how can you be a healer when you're not, you know, when you, and no one cares when you can't walk correctly or we don't care what we think because there's something in us that we know we're giving. And also in your song that you wrote for your daughter, you tell her to be herself and authentic. And I think by living ourselves you living yourself me living myself inviting all of others to be themselves and showing that we come in all different forms but we all have um, uh, the same love for mm -hmm. bringing out what we are here to bring to talk about to emanate out through our energy fields. Did you mm -hmm. go also through the phase where you said, oh, I can't be on stage, but you went rather quickly in your life on stage. For me, it took much longer uh, for me to be, you know, not care to how I walk in, in front of many people. Um, mm -hmm. 
give a little um i don't want tip but something that people can feel comfortable in any way they are in a physical form to go out and present their beautiful work to others well i mean i think fundamentally the most difficult uh, challenge that we carry inside of us is i'm not enough right mm -hmm. that feeling so if i feel like i'm not enough then of course my art's not enough or whatever I give to the world or whatever I am or how much love or whatever it is or how I look or is not enough. And if we understand that this is like a virus in the <laughs> right? And that nobody is alone in having that virus. Like we recognize COVID was a virus and we said, okay, we have to do something to fix this. Some people vaccinated, some people said, okay, I want to build my immune system, got a lot of herbal understanding. I personally used ozone injection therapies and herbs and things. And I said, okay, I understand this is an aggressive virus. So I need to be armed and I need to keep myself at a certain level of health. And as soon as I catch the signs that virus is there, then I do something to, um, to attack that virus back and bring up my own immune system so they will you know kill the, that virus in return right this is a natural uh, state of restoring health and uh, and it sounds kind of ironic because i'm mentioning attack and kill in health but it is actually part of life attack and yes. kill <laughs> You can't say the affirmative principle, she will destroy and eat things, you know, and uh, this, this, is, this is part of life. So, but it's the intelligence that we grow inside to recognize we have a virus, right? And as soon as we see that virus active, we need to be able to do something to, um, to, to find the antidote. Mm -hmm. Now, if you understand inside of you that you carry this fundamental thing, it eats at you and I'm not enough. I'm not enough, you know? Maybe before you go to that business meeting, oh, oh maybe they won't like me. Maybe they won't think my idea is good, you know? Or, or um, maybe I'm not gonna be able to help this person in this healing session I'm about to do or whatever, whatever it is, you know, that you do. And there's that voice of I'm not enough, that little virus that starts to eat away. And what does it eat away? It eats away at that inheritant flow of life, that life force, that flow of love that is infinitely more intelligent than your mind, you know, and it's that flow of love that that intelligence that wants to create harmony, beauty, life, success, or whatever you want to call that, but it in, inherently wants to bring something good and wholesome into whatever it is that you're doing but you've got this virus going ding 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 you're not enough and you're gonna fail you know or he's not going to be attracted to you or he's going to get tired of you or whatever it is you know but this feeling of i'm not enough is eating us if we don't recognize this virus and it's gotten particularly bad in woman's body men has it a little bit but women have it so much more, much more because they're targeted their whole economic uh, system of consumption is geared towards making women buy, which is why about 70% of consumer goods are bought by women. You know, um, obviously we see men buying a lot more technology uh, as well as women, but in terms of 
you know, anything to do with the body, with the home, with, I don't know, any gadget, any cosmetic, any, it's largely women who are being targeted as the buying market. And how do you make somebody buy, bring up their pain and tell them they're not enough, that they need this, they're getting old, they're getting weak, uh, they're not desirable, uh, et cetera, yes. et cetera. You know, and so this virus has been, we've made sure that this virus keeps getting presently. Every time you switch on your phone on social media, every time you walk out, see a billboard, every time you see anything, it's targeting you that you are not enough. So therefore you need to buy something in order to be enough. You need to find something so you can be enough. You know, if we understand that this is a kind of pathological virus that we carry inside, then we can grow an intelligence, catch it and find the antidote straight away. And this is what you and I have had to do. We could say, oh, poor us, you know, pity me, you know, I'm in so much pain all the time. I don't have enough energy to give to other people because my own energy is so low or, you know, whatever it is that that that, that painful condition creates in the body. Then we can say, okay, that wins. Or we can say, no, there is a deeper more nourishing life flow that is deeper than any pain it's deeper than anything you know and if i give myself to that original flow of life and generally it means first of all clicking the thinking back over catch the virus no i am enough i do have enough life is supporting and i give myself to it and that is the key i give myself to life I allow myself to be taken by life. My love is the most important thing to me. So for me, entering the body consciously in the morning is fundamental. If I don't enter my body consciously and I go straight onto a mobile phone or um, being very mental, then I, this uh, deeper nourishing life force is not switched on in my body because I have these connections you know so I made that commitment that and I created these practices from my own need and of course that spilt into the world of um of women mostly women but I do have some practices for men too but to consciously enter the body and switch on this flow of love and switch on this flow of life and empty out all of that not enoughness you know, with the voice, you know, out of the body and switch it back on. So that when that virus, which inevitably is going to switch itself on and off all day through your day, you are smart enough, wise enough and loving enough to catch it and say, no, I am enough. No, my love is very intelligent and it knows what choice to make and I'm listening to it. These are the kinds of keys that I live by. Mm. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Wow, time flies. We could keep on speaking. It's important for me because you have a wonderful choice of words. You did write a book and I know it's in, in Russian and it's not in another language enough, but we're enough Russians listening that uh, do speak Russia. There are many around the world as That's well. Just... Show it to you. It's such beautiful. Yeah. Wow. The cover already is, is uh, drawing <laughs> me in. It will one day be in English. <laughs> 
the next year I'm writing it into English. So it will be around March or something. We'll be releasing it next year. So, uh -huh. so everyone, <laughs> uh, keep your eyes out of uh, Paraguay. How can people reach you best? Yes, um, there's two ways. If you want to instantly connect with me easily, you can find me on Instagram, um, Paraguay. And it's spelled like Peru, the country, and Kwa, like Iroquois Indian. It's like a French spelling. So Paraguay is my Instagram. But there's also an extremely big world of um, online courses for women. There's about 15, 16 courses. It's around, <laughs> and it's around about growing emotional intelligence it's feminine meditation practice it's how to heal grief it's about how to birth babies consciously it's about uh, how to call an authentic love into your life or how to heal the past pain of a last man that has left your life there's so many different courses and on the other side of the platform the same platform paraquai.com you'll find 10 music cds i've touched on a couple of them And uh, there's a lot of um, videos, uh, music videos, and you spoke about me dancing and stuff. And they've all been beautifully filmed in different parts of the world in nature. And uh, so there's the music people can download from the platform. They can watch. Uh, there's some free online courses as well if people don't have money. You know, it's like it's all there. There's a whole world there to support people. And uh, I think also... What we didn't speak about for me was not just helping people to find their own voice, but eventually what happened in my musical pathway was that I found this most deep healing voice where I'm using a very high harmonic overtones, very low harmonic overtones, and I created special soundtracks to help people to go into practice, to bring them into their body where it's difficult for them to access parts of their psyche or to come into vaster states of consciousness or to go into healing. So there's so much music and soundtracks and practices on the site. So go and have a look at Paraqua uh, on Instagram. Yeah, the world. I was in that world and I will go back and back into the world. Uh, on your website, you give so much. I, I, I love that. And uh, yeah, the videos... Uh, done so beautifully in different uh, environments yeah natural uh, settings uh, beautiful colors it's um, Augenschmaus we have a German word for that. Mm. it's like <laughs> eating a dessert and I'm, I'm very uh, thankful for that I can't wait to meet you really in in person one day who no. knows it's not gonna be too far away I know that since you came into my life And there is something very, very special about you. There are not many people, I think, on this earth at the moment uh, that have the, I'm going to even use the word power and uh, this vast amount of love, this vast amount of love in seeing everyone uh, deeply, um, igniting them in with that moment because you do see them to move into who they are and one tone one tone from you or one energy that comes out of your video because sometimes you, it's you don't have to just 
right? Have the, listen to it, but the energy that flows out of you, every movement, the energy that comes out of your fingers and your hands on your legs when you dance, everywhere. It just, as I said, you exuberant <laughs> emanates out everywhere. So wow. thank you very much for also dedicating yourself, going through that, some people would say brutal life, it, in a way, the courage, the courage, the courage, the courage you had um, to opening up yourself, to going and um, trusting others, uh, to also trust in what unfolds to the unfathomed, right? You just followed your knowing and mm -hmm. everyone follow your knowing it really brings you to beautiful places and yes sometimes there is a little pain and there is sorrow and sadness uh, but we spoke so much right it's this transformation it's this dissolving this destroying paraquai said that it's also this destroying it does happen but then poof, it comes up like like the phoenix, right? It has to burn to its ashes to come up. And sometimes they're not as we want. But if you give it a chance, if you give it a chance, it will turn out into a, a something magical for yourself. So follow Paraguay's um, way, in a way. And even if yours is not the voice, but you have another task in your life, a purpose, implement it, bring it out, become visible, share it with the world, because now it's needed, especially this year and next year, extremely the world uh, is just waiting for you, as it is waiting for you, Paraguay, to bring out more of who you are, and so that they can inspire experience you also physically so the best of success to having more concerts around the world more workshops larger and larger and uh, so everyone can get a little part of you or a particle of you <laughs> thank you and it's a beautiful mirror for yourself because as you said you know we really mirror each other strongly and i see this enormous grace and generosity of heart in you and obviously talent <laughs> you know <laughs> thank you and in your gift as well so thank you for being both mirror for me and for many people too so really really lovely to connect with such a beautiful woman and such a beautiful audience which i feel in the field immensely strongly so wish you a wonderful full moon and maybe it's passed by the time you watch this but the the mooning of your heart the big opening of your heart oh beautiful words so thank you everyone uh for listening to me and for a beautiful guest paraqua and uh the best to you she ha had magical words the way <laughs> you speak paraqua is balsam <laughs> the choice of words as it rolls, it is its own meditation already. It takes you into a transformation. So um, I'll put all of your information in the notes. Everyone, right. you can find her anything about her there. And yes. the best to you. Thank you Thank for being on the show, Moving to Oneness. Blessings. <laughs> and again, everyone. Show yourself, be yourself, and be courageous. I'm Eileen, your host of the Moving to One.